What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to Casual Conversation with Will and Gary. This is episode number 25, and we have a good one coming at you today. In this episode, me and Gary catch up with our good buddy, Drew Payne. Now, you might remember we had Josh Payne on um, a couple weeks ago, maybe a little over a month ago, and this is his older brother, Drew. So we've known Drew for quite a long time. We went to school with him, grew up with him. Uh, Drew's a super cool guy. He's big into music. Uh, he's big into hunting, fishing, the outdoors, things like that. He's just a real, real awesome guy to be around. So in this podcast, we talk about um, his love for music and how he how he started playing music with the music he likes, the music he enjoys. Uh, we talk about hunting and fishing, going outdoors, things like that. We also talk about um, just how to be a better person and just get some of those distractions out of your life. And then we finish it up. Uh, Drew talks about what it's like to be a father and have a son. and um, yeah, it's just a, it's just a good time. We have a real good time talking to him. We're glad he came on, and I think you guys are going to really enjoy it. So, as always, I want to thank you for stopping by, and I hope you enjoy the show. What's going on, everybody? How's it going? Episode number 25. 25. Didn't even have to ask you this time, Gary, because I know how many we got. Quarter of a century, bro. A quarter? This is 25 cents. Yeah, it's a quarter, baby. But it's free to listen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was good. That was we good. have a guest Another on the podcast. Another one? We're we've on been, a roll, dude. dude we're we've been roll, shucking dude. them out. Yeah, because we're on a roll. Bro, springtime. You know what they call us? The harvest. What? What do they call us? Butter, baby. You know why? Why? Because we're on a roll. Oh, that was original. Like, yeah. That was original. <laughs> no, we got uh, Drew Payne on the podcast today. Drew Payne, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about you. What's going on, everybody? My name's Drew Payne. Full name, Andrew Perry Payne. No one knew that. Perry. <laughs> Perry. <laughs> I live in Worcester, Arkansas. I'm 26 years old. I'm not an alcoholic. Um, <laughs> I have a two-year-old son named Wyatt. My wife's Brianna Payne. Um, I'm an electrician. Just passed my journeyman electrician's test. Um, whoop, whoop. Yeah. You've been working on that for a while, haven't you? Yeah, man, since uh, 2013. It's uh, It's been a long road. Uh I went to uh, started out in commercial. I've done some some industrial work, and then I went on the pipeline for a little while. So that took a little time off. But came back to it, and made some good money. But now I'm back at it. Passed it the first time. Most people don't do that. Hey, that's awesome. Go. First time's a charm. Yeah. Didn't even need the second, and third. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's that's awesome. I actually, uh, as you know, worked uh, with uh, Lockwood Electric. Mm-hmm. You were there at the time. I was. We we me and Drew we we worked together, although we never actually worked together. <laughs> I saw him around. You just yeah. kind of associated. Well, I was I was at the I was at the shop doing shop boy stuff like using the forklift and getting pallets off of trucks, taking naps. loans. Yeah, taking naps. <laughs> Yeah. Playing with the cat. Actually, not really. That cat is not very playful. No. 
<laughs> I got scratched by that cat many times. Many times. Dude, what was that cat. thing you used to do, Gary? You used to put videos of you uh, like shredding light bulbs or something. Yes. That yeah, was the bull beater. Uh, the bu- <laughs> yeah. Bro, you take like those big, long, uh, sil- uh, cylindrical, skinny bulbs, and you like just shove them down in this thing, and it just <laughs> it sucks them up and just shreds Dude. them. Dude, that, have you all seen that video of that guy that can uh, swallow a whole hot dog in one swoop? Like he just goes, wow. he, yes. he swallows a whole hot dog, and then, <laughs> and then he can go, hey, hey, <laughs> and shoots it back out of his... Bro, I do not want yeah. to see that. <laughs> Dude, I'll show you that after we're done. Oh my God. <laughs> it a... does not surprise me that Drew has seen that. Well, Drew is the king of... Drew's of, a YouTube master. He is. He sends me the wildest videos What's, sometimes. What worries me... Is how he learned how to do that. <laughs> That's what worries me. Like oh one day you're just sitting there on the couch, you're like, I'm gonna swallow this hot dog whole and then spit it out. <laughs> Dude, I don't understand. Is it like he swallows the whole thing and then shoots it out and it's still in one piece, like a whole hot dog? That but it's like just... all the way in his stomach, I think. He's like the Houdini because yeah. Houdini used to swallow keys. Did he really? But, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. He unlocked a lock, I'm pretty sure, in his stomach with a key that he swallowed. <laughs> no, he didn't. I'm pretty sure he did. <laughs> He's Houdini. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love YouTube. Uh, it's where I get most of my political views from and political news. Views. Heck, well, yeah. That's not bad, though. There's so no. many. There's a bunch of different things out there you can watch. It's oh, like yeah. any, any source that you get like any information from is going to be corrupted to some degree because I mean, it's just the bias of people. So like YouTube offers a variety of people that you can watch. It's like, you're not just getting your news from one source. Right. Yeah. Which is good. Multiple perspectives is always good. Yeah. I'll I'll go ahead. Oh, um, I just think it's a little bit better because it's not as polluted by money as much and rating. As, yeah, that's true. You know, I'm not big on, I don't watch daytime news or nighttime news or anything like that. It's just, uh, it's like the, what was it, Don, Don Henley song? Um, What's that one? It's talking I, about. Well, uh, I, I don't know. There's a lot of Don Henley songs. <laughs> From the Eagles? Yeah. Um, he's talking about just like all the disaster and stuff that they just put out there on the news and just, uh, just to keep everybody in a frantic all the time. Yeah, it's true. They do kind of do that though. Cause if you watch the news, it's all either something really bad that happened or like they're trying to, like, if you watch the world news, it's all about like nuclear war and, uh, all the disasters right. and this country's no, going to do, do this. And if we do that, you know what I mean? It's just the, all a big feud. All the all the standstills between parties not agreeing yeah. is just it's because just like peace and quiet and and just I don't know the natural flow of life is not exciting like yeah. like clashing and war and all of these issues right. and it's like that's what makes the headlines and it's a business like it's a business pumping out media the news is a business and it, ha- it has to make things exciting it has to get views nobody's gonna watch baby no yeah. well one thing i wish people would do is uh they get caught up in all this mess and i mean like here in the natural state of arkansas there's so many places you can go and find peace and recenter and 
not have to worry about all the things in your life and other people's lives and things that are happening in other countries. But there's a lot of places like that all over the United States, and we should just be able to find that stuff and just not have to worry about everything all the time. Yeah. And and you say that there's a lot of places in Arkansas to get that peace and quiet. In the lower 48 states, uh, Arkansas is the most rural per square mile. Um, yes, sir. So there, there is opportunity in, in Arkansas. To is go. it really? Yeah, it is. What does rural mean? Like, like, like not, not number of people urban. per, or number of cities or towns? Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know the exact definition, but I mean, think about it this way. I was, we think Conway is so big and I'm moving off to Springfield. Conway has a population of what? About 70,000 or so, a little over 715,000. Really? I think what? so. What? Wow. And I we didn't think, know that. I and thought it was think, like 50. <laughs> yeah, and we think that Conway is like really big, but Conway's like nothing. I might be wrong about that number. Cities. Don't take that to heart. Yeah, I, I really think it's <laughs> or, around 70,000. Well, even 80, if it's 000. 70, say it's 80 to 100,000. I mean, that's still pretty small. Yeah, and I'm, I'm moving up to Springfield, Missouri, and it's like, it's 165,000 or 167,000 people Twice up as big. there. Yeah, like, and we think Conway is like, I mean, it. Growing up where I grew up in a rural area, I think Conway is pretty big, you know? Well, yeah, I was, that's true. When I was young and I was a kid, it was a big deal. To go to, go to, to Conway. Conway. Yeah. yeah. And then when I got out of high school, started going to Conway almost every day, every weekend. And you're, you're just so exposed to it, and you think that's the biggest thing around. Yeah. So I'm, a, I'm an advocate of going outside and everything, so definitely take advantage of the, the rural areas and the, the national preserves that we have in the Ozarks and the Washita's and just these beautiful mountain ranges and hills and valleys of Arkansas. The buttes. The buttes. You need to go on a hike with me again sometime, Will. We won't go on the toughest hike around this yeah, time. Yeah, good. <laughs> Burned me out last time. Now I'll go on one before you head off. Yeah. And it's springtime. We need to we need to get together. You bring bring Courtney around. You're bring invited around. to come if you want to come, Drew. You know me, avid hiker. Avid hiker. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, speaking of the outdoors, um, well, actually, before we get into talking too much, how was your week, Will? Oh, because we kind of we just got we just we did That's we just fine. boom boom power right into Bro, it. Bro, you just gotta go with the flow. Sometimes, dude, my week was super boring again. As always, I didn't really do anything. Not much change, no. <laughs> Man, I've been working so much compared... I've, I'm working more now than I've worked since we worked at Boston Mountain. And we really didn't work much at Boston no, Mountain. No, we didn't do nothing. See, I'm like actually working <laughs> the the amount of hours instead of just like chilling yeah, at Boston Mountain. I feel you. Shout out Carol Rains for getting us that Miss gig. Carol. That was a That was an awesome <laughs> gig. She paid for our lunches. It's awesome. Anyways, so... I've been working and going in at 4 a.m. like five days of the week, and I've been doing like health fairs and stuff, trying to get a little extra cash before I move off. And so I really haven't been doing anything what you would consider a fun. Just been like chilling. So your week was pretty boring too, huh? Yep. I pulled a William. We did play City League softball last night. Mm. I couldn't make it. Couldn't make it. You didn't miss much. The team got manhandled, dude. Yeah, Man, I miss I it. Them. I miss softball, dude. Oh. It was it wasn't even fun because we only got the bat two times. Wow, that's not good. Man that's not handled. good. 
We lost 20 to 5. Wow. Manhandled. 20 to 5. Wow. In three innings. Y'all sound good. I saw y'all. You saw us. We're all, we are good. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'd say, too. Dang. 20 to 5. Butter. Dude, we lost. <laughs> we were not on the roll. We were still in the jug. You know what I mean? Like, we hadn't been taken out of the, <laughs> the jug yet. You're so lame. What'd you do this week, Drew? Oh, let me see. Been working in Hazen, Arkansas. Hazen. What's popping in Hazen? Mm, I love's gas station. That's about all. Really? Yeah. Not much in Hazen. Well, I mean, are there ducks in Hazen? Yes, there are. That's pretty much you're heading into duck capital of the world over there. Um, uh, a lot of country folk, a lot of farms, but they're building a uh, loves uh, truck stop out there. And it consists of uh, three restaurants, a gas station, and a diesel truck station. And um, got uh, about eight guys working out there. Been traveling there. It takes about an hour to get there from Conway. And then another hour back, of course, and then another 20 minutes to home. So two hours of my day is pretty much spent driving. Yeah, so eight. so it's just like kind of on the other side of Little Rock, Hazen is? Well, uh, you go, uh, you know where Lone Oak is? Yeah. Carlisle? Yeah. You go past Lone Oak by about 20, 30 minutes. Okay. And there's Hazen. Okay. Blink, you miss it. Yeah. yeah I knew it was a pretty small school. But word of the wise, anybody traveling through there? State troopers everywhere. State troopers <laughs> everywhere? Oh, dude, it's crazy. We it's went real through, flat there, through there, too, isn't it? Oh, yeah. As I was going about 85 miles an hour, and then all of a sudden I see a state trooper, and then slowed down to 80, and then I saw about three more, so I slowed down to 70 miles an hour, and then uh, saw about 18 state troopers in about 10 miles, and they were stopping people left and right. They must have been looking for somebody. Wow. Oh, yeah, they had people's stuff strode out all over the side of the highway looking for stuff, giving people's tickets. Dang. Wow. But rest of my week was Easter on... Yeah, I forgot. Easter. Yeah. Easter. Uh, Will's a potato. Will's a potato head. He can't potato remember anything. Head. Mr. Potato Head. But, uh, as you know, I have an extensive, extensive family. Um, I had... Church on Easter morning, and then I went to my uh, Monte and Paul John's in Damascus. Uh, after that, I went to Bree's dad's, and then after that, I went to Bree's mom's. So four Easter's in one day, and Woo. then uh, yeah, imagine what everybody's Christmas got, everybody, is like. Yeah, everybody's got to see why, huh? Yep, that's right. <laughs> Traveling roadshow, um, but <laughs> then uh, after that, watched uh, the second episode of game of thrones oh yeah i forgot your game of thrones or yes sir dude i got i didn't even i didn't finish the second book so i'm in i think in the season terms i'm like halfway through the second season right right but dude i don't want to pay 15 bucks a month man yeah hey and then i gotta keep it because you gotta keep watching the show that's why you gotta go to somebody's house that has it (laughs) (laughs) that's a good idea but uh well uh um, George R. R. Martin hasn't even written the last uh, two books, two maybe three, depends, and they're already going to finish the show. That's kind of strange. I wonder if he's yeah. going to. Uh, well, maybe not. What if he, he's probably going to write it differently than the show? Right, the books are he already. He different. didn't write the show, did he? Or no, the, they they just consult with him, and then, yeah, then they uh, go their own way, kind of. Yeah, 
dude. Yeah. That's a, like, I'd say that's probably the biggest show in America. Yeah, my mom's really into it. She's read all the books. And, uh, yeah. Dude, is it, okay, honestly, I mean, completely honest. Is it really as good as everybody says it is? Oh, you've I mean, never watched an episode? I've never watched, watched a single episode. I watched an episode. It's pretty, well, dude. It captivated me. If you're interested in it, you're probably in the best place that you can be because, um, say you did pay the whatever you wanted to um, to watch it, then you could watch straight all episodes and just jam it all together without waiting, and that'd be the best. Because I know, I know one. I know Binge. one guy. I know one guy. He watched sixty-three or sixty-seven episodes straight. They like paid him to do it, and he watched every single season, all of the seasons up until now. Dude, straight. I saw a thing the other day. It said because I wondered how long it would take to catch up to it or to the latest episode, and it was like over sixty hours. So oh wow! Yeah, that'd be. You know, what are, they hour, are they hour oh, episodes? Like, um, yes, hours. Sometimes they go over. Um, but this season's kind of bogus because they only have like eight episodes. Bogus. Yeah. I don't know. Well, but trying to make very, it to- very worth watching. Game of Thrones, people. Go check it out. Check it out. But anyways, what I was going to say earlier, we were talking about the outdoors. Um, Drew's an avid hunter. He enjoys hunting. And uh, just like we had his brother Josh Payne on, what, it was like episode 21 or so? Something like that. Uh, yeah. It's, it's one of those. I don't know. It's one of those. But uh, Drew Drew also likes hunting. So tell us a little bit about what got you into hunting and what it kind of means to you. Um started hunting well mostly fishing first um uh, i guess that kind of just comes with the life that you live uh and where we grew up i guess uh, my great grandpa uh mac Payne, he started taking me and my brother fishing when i mean forever um even before i can remember i guess we were fishing and there was always wildlife around and uh it's just kind of something you grow into doing um Josh is m- much more of an avid hunter than I am. He's head over heels for it, hunting and fishing. I mean, he's a, a dang genius sometimes at just hunting and stuff that I don't even know about. And he's he's really uh, he's really uh, what's the word for it? Uh, dedicated. And me, I I started. I killed my first deer probably when I was, I'd say. 12 years old squirrel hunted before that uh dove hunted before that and then um my brother and my dad both started getting into deer hunting really big um killed my second deer probably a couple years after that it was a 12 point and i thought well i'm doing pretty good and just kept on and uh then i went into duck hunting which uh my grandfather uh one of the most important um uh, hunting people in my life uh, got me into duck hunting really hard and I kind of fell in love with it the first time that I went um which was earlier on in my life was like 8 years old and um uh, but it's kind of a thing that you got to be a little bit older to uh to really get into it and uh really be where you can actually hunt 
Um, I've been doing that and pretty much that only hunting for uh, for the last seven, eight years. Kind of slacked off on the deer hunting. Not really a big deal for me anymore. Yeah, that's interesting. I I mean, I enjoy deer hunting as well, but there's always been... Because I've, I've been duck hunting like four or five times up at the, the Black River Lodge oh, up yeah. at, that the Hastings have. And there's always been a a different connection that I had to, to duck hunting, like going out there in freezing cold water, waiting hey. uh, yeah. with, with some guys looking for some birds to fly by. So that's, yeah. that's awesome. It's a, it's a blast, uh, deer hunting. Biggest deal for me, deer hunting, you got to sit there still, quiet, can't look on your phone, can't talk to people, <laughs> can't eat. Uh, you got to be really quiet. But duck hunting, you can kind of move around, and uh, there's a kind of a brotherhood kind of thing that you can you kind of the conversations you have out there hunting uh, really mean a lot because you're doing something that's more like I guess you say primitive. Yeah, it's well, primal. Yeah, and it's kind of the togetherness of people that doing that and the things that you have to go through to get to there and actually having a good day hunting is a big accomplishment um when you go by it honestly because there's a lot of people you see it on the tv shows that are just you know they kill x amount of ducks or however many deer they kill every year and you know that's not exactly how it is for everybody you got to work for it and you got to be persistent um but some of the best times that i have uh best uh stories that i have are out there uh i hunt in um truman which is uh on st francis river we've had a uh, duck club there for over 40 years and it was started by my grandfather a long time ago and uh you would call it a very very rough place um uh truman's a rough place to live um you can just look that up online and you can figure out why uh but we live when we when we hunt there we stay in um uh, right on the levee, and uh, not too long ago, it was 2011, it was when Nashville flooded. Uh, it flooded our duck camp up to about eight foot up the wall and washed everything away, so we had to rebuild. So we have two campers now there now, and uh, that's how we do it. But uh, you go out early, early in the morning, because guys these days, along with, like I was saying, with the TV, um, and like I guess you'd say uh, Duck Dynasty, more people gotten involved in it. And uh, you have to be out there sometimes at midnight to hold your spot to get a place to hunt so you'll actually have a good hunt. So you go out there, sleep in a boat when it's 21 degrees until daylight, and then hunt until noon, and then go in. So yeah. you guys hunt on, uh, is it publicly owned land? Yeah, that, like anybody can go to or what? No, it's a WMA. It's a Arkansas Game of Fish Wildlife Management Area. Okay, yeah. but like anybody, do you have to have a permit or something to go to that uh, specific area? You, you have to have like a um, uh, I I don't know the technical term, but it's so like you just a, have to have a hunting license. It's, a, it's a, you have to have a hunting license, and then you get uh, that pretty much for hunting at the WMAs for free. It's just something on your license that says that you're able to be there okay yeah. but but it's like competitive though because so so like anybody with that 
thing on their license or that stamp on their license coming to hunt at that area. Right, right. Okay. Anybody, anybody can go out there. And don't hunt. they do? Do they do like random drawings sometimes for that for whether or not you can do that, or do you have just get we're, go up and get access? We're not like that. Um, what I guess that would be a kind of more enclosed area where there's not that many spots. Um, this is a river, then it's just one access on the river, which is St. Francis goes, you know, a long, long ways. Um, and you can also hunt in the woods. So, I mean, there's other spots you can go, but that's primarily where we go is within a mile or two of where our uh, duck camp is. Yeah. But about, I can't really put good numbers to this, but about five years ago, I'd say, for over 150 years, they had duck blinds out there, and it's a place that was built by you. And even though it was public land, you still owned the deed to the duck uh, duck blind that you had. And um, they burnt them about five years ago, I'd say. They burnt them? All of them. Some of them were very extravagant. I've hunted in duck blinds out there that were three stories tall. With uh, you had a boat dock under it. These are built up next to trees or floating on foam or big logs. Uh, then the next level you go up into would be like the base level. You'd have a, a propane heater, a grill, maybe a stove, and then you got your shooting uh, chairs. And then this one had a, a place up in the very top. It was like a tower, and. Um, I remember one time these ducks flew by and I couldn't even see them because they were flying eye level with me. And uh, but yeah, they uh, they burned all those down. And it was <laughs> how sad. <laughs> yeah, it was it was it really hurt us because you know now we have a you have to hunt in waders or you have to hunt out of a boat. It's really a drag. It's a drag. Dude, that would be bad because like I don't understand why they burn comfortable. Them. Yeah, why they burn them down? Like, what was the big? What was the point? You'd go out there, and it's public land, so if somebody was in uh, your duck blind, uh, then you'd have like some kind of confrontation. Like, uh-huh. this is mine. You need to get out of it. And uh, some important people that had connections to Arkansas Game and Fish were down there, and some people rolled up, and they said, you're in my blind. This is where we hunt, and it kind of caused a controversy. Which that wasn't the first thing, and it kept on going on. There was already some tension. It was just the straw that broke the camel's back. Some yeah. mercies. But the history there, I mean, back when they, they had those duck blinds, there would be, you'd have fish fries out there on the water, or you'd have uh, small little get-together parties out yeah, there on I the mean, water. I mean, like fried duck, man, dude. Yeah. Like deep fried duck is is good, Will. Yes, have you sir. ever had duck? No. It, dude, oh, it's man. good. Take you some duck and a jalapeno, cut it in half, some cream cheese, some bacon wrapped around it, and throw it in the oven. There you go. Oh, that's really good. You can just get freaking some oil and some flour and yeah. throw that. Oh, in yeah. oh, my God. Dude. Fry them up. It's good. Oh, man, that's something. I'm just so busy with school, and like I'm more into music than I am hunting. But hunting is something I definitely want to get more into in the future because I love going outside. It correlates with what I love doing already, you know. Well, something that I've always thought that you should do that I think you would enjoy, and I, I bet Will would too. I mean, y'all might have already done it, but me and Zach Mahan, we fly fish. Yeah, and, I'm yeah. bringing a – this weekend we're going to the bachelor party. I'm bringing a fly fishing rig. Oh, down. yeah. I mean, it's – uh, yeah, Mahan's coming. 
He was tying some flies last night, showing, sending me some pictures of those. Yeah, man. He's uh he's pretty good at that. Um, but uh, yeah, get into fly fishing, man. It's uh being out in nature, the river can't beat it early in the morning, and uh, fog rising. Oh yeah, it's great. Uh, best time, especially. I mean, it's hard to catch a fish on a fly, so uh, it's just a challenge, man. Yeah, it's way harder, but. It's fun. Yeah. It's like an art. I've, I don't I've think I've ever it. been fly fishing. I've done so it before. Teach I've, me the ways. <laughs> I've done it a few times on, or times on the Little Red and the White, and I've done it on the Yellowstone River. Really? Yeah. I didn't catch anything on the Yellowstone, <laughs> though. I caught a few trout. Have you ever caught a red. fish? Yeah. Fly fish? Yeah. I caught a little trout and a little red. Well, fishing, I've probably primarily fished more than I've hunted in the last few years. Um, an angler, yeah, if you will. I will. And uh, when I graduated high school, me and my grandfather, who also, I mean, is the one who inspired me to duck hunt, uh, he took me on a trip to uh, Miami. And uh, we fished all along the flats, uh, caught all kinds of different kinds of fish. And then uh, one day we're out there. And keep in mind, we're not on some charter boat with 40 other people. It's me, my grandfather, and a guy on a flats boat. And um, it's like a 17-foot boat. You got four-foot waves coming up on you. And uh, I I hooked into a 150-pound tarpon and fought this thing for an hour and 15 minutes and finally got it in. And this thing was huge. Wow. It was awesome. Yeah, I mean, I didn't have one of those fishing uh, belts on that you stick your rod in. So, next day I woke up, my legs were black and blue from fighting it on the uh, on that rod and reel. And it was one of the best experiences I've ever had fishing or hunting or anything. And uh, Wow. Cool. Can you imagine, Will, can you imagine fighting a fish for an hour and 15 minutes? No, nah, dude, I'd have gave up by then. I'd have just cut the line. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you say that sometimes they have to cut the line because uh, those fish, you wear them out so much that hammerheads and uh, bull sharks will, uh, will attack them while they're on the line because they look like a, a fish that's in distress. And sometimes Dang. the guy told us a story that Captain Yancey, was his name. Uh, he said one time they were having a fish come in, a tarpon, and um, they had to cut the line because a hammerhead shark was heading right for the boat. And they didn't want to uh, risk the... Because those boats are not that big, that hammerhead shark coming up in the boat with them. <laughs> that would have been hardcore. <laughs> he just rammed it and cracked it in half. That That's awesome. Do you have a picture of, of you with the tarpon? Oh yeah, I do. Oh yeah. Well, see, when I I'm gonna obviously promote this podcast on Instagram. Get get that picture to me. Yeah. And I'll, I got I got it right here on yeah. my phone. Right send, now. send it to me. Will do. So that's awesome. You're a duck hunter, an angler, an outdoorsman. So I said that I want to get into that in the future. Are there any like dream hunts that you feel like you want to do, or dream fishing trips that you would like to participate in in the future? Yeah. Uh, that you just have a burning desire. I want to fly fish on the uh, frying pan in Colorado, uh, which uh, Colorado, if I didn't live in Arkansas, I'd live there, uh, Breckenridge, um, close to there. It's where the frying pan is. And uh, 
really beyond that, probably uh, bow hunting for an elk. Yeah, that would probably awesome. be high high on the list because uh, those animals are just amazing. They're amazing. That'd be cool. Yeah, cool to do. Well, um, something that I want to do because I want to get into to bow hunting, yes. and uh, what I've I've told Josh that that we're gonna go on a hunt to to Lanai, Hawaii, one day, and yeah, I want I want you to come. I want you to come. The the cool thing about Lanai is that there are twenty thousand axis deer. Yes, sir. And there's only two thousand people. Mm-hmm. So they're overpopulated with axis deer. The thing is, the axis deer were were like they're originally from like the India area, the jungles of India. That they were like uh, grew up, and they're genetically wired to run away from like Bengal tigers and all kinds of stuff. And so they're hard to hard to kill but there's a lot of them yeah i watched a video on that on youtube about it of course uh. yeah yeah <laughs> you're the king of youtube getting down rabbit holes on oh, youtube they're the they're the best yeah i've done it time 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 again i know will does will will send oh, me videos out of the dude, blue speaking of that uh <laughs> did you remember that video of the marbles i sent you the mar- yeah the marble yeah, olympics oh my god actually uh, this month they came out with the first and second, uh, uh, first and second round of the 2019 Marble Olympics. What, what does the Marble Olympics consist it's of? It's literally Dude, marbles. Like, like I thought it was, <coughs> I thought it was gonna be people doing events with marbles, but it's like, it's like this guy and he's doing like a, like a professional commentary. He sounds like a sports commentator, like yeah during the Olympics. And the marbles are the participants. So like, dude. So like the marbles. Yeah, dude. And there's the like this tray. Teams, yeah, they they, they have a tray. And he has different events. Yeah, of like, uh, these marbles like rolling underwater down a tube or down like a, a shaft. And yeah. then they have like funnels. A tray where they spin around and like the last one to stay in the funnel wins. Like, and then they on. have like a, a test where they'll roll down a, a slope and then hit a block and the farthest one that pushes the block is like the winner dude it's really cool <laughs> i'll have to send you that I'll, one too i'll check it out <laughs> it yeah. sounds really stupid but just the commentary alone is worth watching. yeah it's it's engaging he's like all oh, right the red team is going around it's oh it just dropped and like each just team, <laughs> he has like different groups of marbles are all different colors and he has like weird names for them like the pinkies the i can't remember what the name yeah names it's he had it's there, one of a kind. It, check cool. it out. I will. I will check it out. <sighs> but no, that's my YouTube rabbit hole for the day. Another another thing that uh, you and I have in common, and Will as well, uh, we all play music. We all enjoy listening to music. Mm. And uh, I remember you coming over uh, when when we were <laughs> early college years yes, and, and playing playing a lot of music with me. Oh. Yeah. Well, for those of you, we didn't say this earlier. Uh, when me and Gary lived in Conway together with Paxton, you know, uh, when we first started college, you were still, you were working, but you were going to school for uh, electrical school in Conway, electrical right? Electrical school, yeah. So Drew would come over, I mean, two, three nights a week and just spend the night with us. And, oh, yeah. And so that's really when we started hanging out a lot, I guess. Like, we hung out during high school and stuff, but you were right. three years older, so we didn't see you too awful much, but... That's when we really started started hanging out was when you'd come over to the house. Oh man, 
Good times. Those are good times. Those were very good times. Uh, that garage. Um, well, actually, I got a quick uh, story. Y'all's house is where I met my wife. So I forgot about that. That's so true. That yeah, I didn't think about that either. Wow. So was that the first time you'd ever met her? No, it wasn't the first time. I I met her a couple times, but it was just weird. Like we ran with the same groups, same people, went to the same parties, but it just so happened that that night it just it's just and also it was because Paxton was interested in one of her friends at the time, so. It's always nice to have a buddy that you're riding along Wingman. with. Wingman. Yeah. Wingman. Dude, I totally forgot about that. That's that's pretty crazy, dude. Yep. And, I told uh, you. And I we remember. hung out at y'all's house for quite a bit of the first part of our relationship. Yeah, I remember, like, Drew would be over, and, like, he'd, he'd be on the phone with uh, Bree for a good while. And, like, after they got a little more serious, like... That's when he kind of took off. Our, our baby yeah. left us. Oh, yeah, it was. Bail, though. It's it, time to get it, serious. It yeah. was a. Uh, <laughs> you don't know how much of a struggle it was to, you know, I'm independent, independent, and then all of a sudden, bam, I'm not anymore. Strapped down. Yeah, but it was the best part of my life. Yeah, dude, it really didn't take. We're kind of going rap. How long did were you guys? Uh, dating before you got engaged uh um, it wasn't that long was it or that was, it? was in march and uh we got engaged in september so five months five months and then we waited we were engaged for over a year so we got married the next october okay I so gotcha. we were we were together for a year and a half yeah before Hey, they say when you know, you know, baby. Yeah. Doesn't have to worry about it. Yeah. That's crazy, though. But, yeah, Drew would come over, and, I mean, we would just jam. Yes, sir. We weren't even, like, that's when we were, I never really have been that good. Drew's, he's always been really good, and that's when Gary was still honing his skills. So, like, we were all kind of, like, equally, well, Drew and Gary were better than me, but we were all kind of on the same playing field. So, it was really fun to just, uh play music with people of the same caliber as you i guess yeah yes. sure no doubt i want to say this right now drew like i i watched you and just observed you play and you were better than me like for sure not for anymore sure. <laughs> and i i watched you and learned a lot and you inspired me and i just want to thank you for yeah. that well, I had, I had several. I had several mentors, and and you were definitely one of them in progressing, and and you as well, Will. Uh, but but I didn't even do anything. More, more, more basic, more fundamental. Yeah, that was. Like, you were the base. I didn't. Te- I didn't teach. You. I taught you like two things. That was it. Oh man, you taught me more than that. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we. Uh, I always play guitar, and uh, I had a variety of teachers. Uh, None of them really stuck. Uh, me and Zach Mahan, we started out together going to guitar lessons and uh, never really stuck for either one of us. And uh, just somehow along the way, uh, I kept progressing. And, uh, and of course, YouTube is my guitar teacher. And that's yeah. pretty much the extent of it. Um, I mean, my wife's, uh, not my wife's, my grandma's, 
uh, husband, he taught me a lot of stuff. And that's where I really got inspired to play the blues and older music. And uh, it was in Scotland, um, Arkansas, and just sitting out on the porch, uh, there was this old uh, flamenco guitar uh, with uh, the like the nylon strings. Yeah. And uh, sick rig. Uh, that looked pretty sweet. Yeah. Of course, I have big hands, so it fit my hand a lot better than regular other guitars, and it was easier to learn on. And I learned old songs and uh, blues. And when I I got into that, I just loved blues music, and uh, just so happened that when I didn't ever remember Gary playing guitar, but I watched him progress through the years, getting better and better. And every time that I'd hear him play, he knew something more and something different. And uh, Will the same. Uh, I always knew Will played guitar because I remember going over to his house uh, around ball season because uh, Josh and them played. Uh, they were all the same age group. And uh, going over to his house in his garage and his your dad had those guitars and always picking around with those and um i always thought that was cool because he always had cool stuff and uh but we were all really progressing music i guess together and uh it's always better to have somebody to play with because you can bounce ideas off of and they do something different than you do and just makes you more well-rounded as a musician no doubt. I had I had somebody over yesterday that, that knew nothing about music, and she was asking me uh, what... Oh, getting a phone call. <laughs> she was asking me, like, what, what goes through your head when you're playing? Because her boyfriend was over, and we he plays the guitar, too, and so he was playing some chords, and I was just, like, soloing over it. And she was like... So, like, what goes through your head when you're playing, like, improv, like, improvisation? Like, because I was just, like, playing in a scale. And I, I, I was like, it's, it's kind of, literally kind of like a language. Yeah. It's, uh. it's like they're speaking uh, with what they know on the guitar, and then it's like I'm, like, melding in and blending in with what they have to say. Right. And it's just, it's kind of, I, I like to think about it like that, for sure. Definitely. Um it's just, uh, like I said, playing with other people makes you better. Uh, makes you just, better, and I think it's just, the point of music. It's just like yeah. sharing. Yeah. It's like sharing uh, ideas and emotion in a, in a different way than words. You can, uh, you know, everybody has a a connection to music, I guess. Everybody loves singing songs and hearing songs, and um, it's always something that I always thought it was a, there's a higher meaning to it. A lot of times and uh i guess when you get to playing guitar you kind of tap into that and i remember sometimes playing um and i never was big on musical theory or anything like that it was all just learned and uh or just feeling but there's sometimes when i was playing with you or will or a guy named coda ramsey that um i played with coda he's yeah, a good guitarist that you just tap into something and you would actually you'd you just get the feeling for it, and uh, you're just jamming. You're like, "Damn, I sound good now." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, I mean, it just happens so often, and uh, happened a lot playing with both of y'all, um, and just uh, just feeling good playing, and uh, really into it, and just 
actually thinking you know what you're doing. Dude, yeah. It is like the best feeling in the world, though, when you either heard a, a guitar piece or you've been trying to learn it, and then, like, you're practicing and practicing and practicing. And you're like, man, it doesn't sound very good. It doesn't sound very good. And then eventually you just, like, get to the – you get over the peak. Yep. And then you're just playing it, and you're like, dude, that sounds so awesome. Because it's like a mm-hmm. song that you love, but it's like you're doing it, so it makes it even better. You know what I mean? Yeah. It like yeah. That's just oh, yeah. like, I don't know. It's like, it's kind of like a high. It's like, it just gives you a, a sense of you did, like, accomplished it, and you right. just feel so good. And then the music itself is like making your brain feel good, too, just because you like that, that specific song. And then, I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah. That's that's exactly it's what kinda, I it's feel. Kinda it's kind of like a like a, what I like to call a flow state. It's like you just like so in the zone. Time time goes by, which can be a problem sometimes, dude. Sometimes I pick up the guitar and it's like oh, twenty minutes just passed and I didn't even realize it. You know? Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, definitely. You get in the zone and it's just something that goes. It's like once you get over the the hurdle of like you said, learning a song in particular even just like learning how chords go together where you can mm. simply just sit and play a progression and and add little embellishments to it and just being able to do that without having to think about it too hard is just it's just another thing it's it's unlike anything really and if you're thinking of like learning how to play guitar the easiest way to learn how to play guitar is to play without or play with somebody else that knows how to because yeah, play with somebody better than you because i would go a, f- a few days maybe one or two without being at huh, y'all's house and uh, learn something new on the guitar or not learn something new and i'd come back to the house and gary or will would have learned something and it's so much easier for them to teach me how to do that or me to teach them how to do something because we're sitting right across from each other and i'd learn most of what i know on guitar just by playing with other people that is true yeah, it is sure. easier sometimes to learn a piece or a song by watching somebody else do it because like you can ask them a question like when right. i'm watching the youtube video i just keep scrolling back and back to the <laughs> yeah. same time where i want to learn that part but if you're you're watching them you're like hey can you do that again and then they show you and then you're right. like your face is like right by yeah <laughs> yep yeah and as you become more and more familiar with the instrument and you know the different positions that you hold and just the transitions that you make from one to another it's like you get to the point where not only can you watch somebody do it but you can hear mm-hmm. somebody do it you can hear what they're doing and uh i don't know that's it's it's just crazy starting out because i can remember starting out and it was so difficult mm. it was so difficult and now it's like certain things i mean i'm there's I definitely have room for improvement, more more room for improvement than I have had growth. But there are just some things that are like just smooth as butter now that were very very difficult in the beginning, and it's yeah, it's humbling and it's very satisfying as well to realize you know I've put in the work and I've gotten to this point. And if you have somebody in your family that has a guitar, that's better than something that you're going to get for fifty sixty bucks. That's a blessing because I started out on a first act and the the strings on that raised up about about the 12th. We're about a quarter inch above oh my gosh, the neck. Some high action. Yeah. It was rough, but 
it was hard and I started playing on that and uh I guess it made me better because it was tough to learn yeah but the guitar makes a big difference that's that's, that's one thing I love hearing uh from others is like okay how did you how did you learn like what in what order did you like learn how to play the guitar it's like everybody had a different journey right and like you said like even it's better to play with people that are like just leaps and bounds better than you so you can just observe them but even with people that are similar even like you know average or below below you um in skill level uh to watch them you can always take like some kind of nugget of wisdom away from like them and it like even if it takes you back to a time where you were learning this thing and it's like you've kind of neglected you like haven't messed around with that idea it's like you can you can take something away from from playing with anybody definitely so yeah connect if you play music that's awesome it's awesome playing by yourself and practicing to mm. i love it as a stress reliever but you're gonna get the real the real juice when you play with other people definitely yeah definitely speaking of that drew like you're talking about you like playing blues and older songs like what what's your your favorite kind of music your favorite artist that kind of inspired you or inspired your style and then what are some artists that you still like today oh man the list is very long whip it out because um, drew he plays he's it, he's it, very it, unique it's very cool because each guitar player has their own different kind of style you know, like you can play the same thing, but you have a different style. And Drew's is very, uh, it's unique, but it's it's very groovy. Like, you know what I mean? It's not. Oh, definitely. I can't I can't even explain the way it's that like you play. It's like a blues groove with a little bit of folk, because he can get a little folky too. Yes, yeah. sir. Well, I mean, it's just, uh, I guess that comes along with just being jealous of the way that other people can make the guitar sound that I can. And I just try to emulate that. But where it really came from is, uh, I guess it started out, you know, younger, listening to country music. Guitar playing wasn't really happening right there for, uh, for me at that point in time. But uh, got a little older and uh, started playing guitar, and uh, then I found John Mayer. John Mayer, oh and my God. To this day, one of my favorite things to watch is, uh, if you haven't ever watched it, uh, it's Live in Los Angeles by John Mayer. It's one of the best music, uh, one of the best things to watch musically that I've ever heard or seen because you see it on video. And, of course, he took a bunch of things from Stevie Ray Vaughan and uh, Jimi Hendrix. And um, pretty much from John Mayer uh, and guitar playing specifically, that led me to so many other things, uh, especially Stevie Ray Vaughan. Uh, with just the traditional blues sound. I loved it. Uh, just something about that just rings true with me. And then, um, but also then John Mayer, he does not just blues, but also melodically uh, uh, very, what, what would you call it? Just, uh, he just does Intricate. All, yeah, intricate, yeah. Uh, just all kinds of things that you never think that you could do with a guitar. But then learning that really, uh, really was awesome. And the different tunings on the guitar, I never thought about that until I listened to John Mayer. Different tunings of the guitar, guitar 
you make sound a lot of different ways. And yeah, cool I remember things. you playing, coming in and playing in your atmosphere. Yes. By John Mayer and that weird tune. Oh, yeah. Dude, it's like it's it's uh it's awesome, but also I I love all kinds of music. As I mean, if anybody puts music out there, especially singer songwriters, I really like that somebody that wrote it and sang it and it's true to them that's what I love the most about music and these days these people that come up here and sing these horrible horrible songs on the radio (laughs) (laughs) I cannot stand listening to the radio it's it's ridiculous but every once in a while you'll hear somebody that will be like wow I think they actually mean that Uh, but I I got into uh, Red Dirt music and uh, Texas country. I mean, Stony Larue probably comes in second, and the most uh, uh, someone who influenced me the most. Um, I love everything about the, his music. His voice is great. His guitar playing is awesome. And he's also uh, well versed in um, people that he played with, and uh, that led me to. Uh, even more music. I like Turnpike Troubadours, Wade Bowen, Randy Rogers Band, Cross Canadian Ragweed, and all of them have their different ways of playing music, and I've listened to that. Yeah, almost like a newer age outlaw. Yes. I mean, you got that, uh, you know, like Willie Whalen and the boys that you grew up when you were younger, mm-hmm. and you like transition this over to the, the people that grew up on the same thing and were influenced by those same people making right. music that is just another variation but it's 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 unique to them and that's the thing about music as a songwriter myself mm-hmm. to hear kind of listen to my music all kind of recorded on my phone and listen to some songs like I'm heavily influenced by like Tom Petty and mm-hmm. and some of the older country singers like Roger Miller and yes, Hank Williams yes, and, and you you like hear some of the things in the music that you write so it's just like it's interesting to see how what you listen to how it influences you as a musician right definitely um it's uh all those things really see i I take music more and i'm sure y'all both do uh music is more of a way of life than just something that's in life i guess you'd say and uh you know it makes you who you are uh i listen to um, that kind of music. I don't listen to what's particularly on the radio because I don't believe in it and it's not, not me. And uh, I, don't, I don't think those people that are on the radio that are, they're really, they really believe what they're singing. But uh, I love, I love the music that's coming out now. Uh, Chris Stapleton, thank God for him. Uh, yeah, he's awesome. Being on the radio. Great and, talent. And it's just it's just nice to know that there's really there's real people out there that want to make music and that you can that's something in your genre that you can appreciate. Yeah. yeah, it's cool, man. Like I've noticed this as you get older, you start liking um, different artists that you've never really heard of before or liked right. before because the messages that they're singing about start to pertain more to your life. You yeah. know what I mean? Oh yeah. So it's like you used to not listen to these people because you know what they were singing about. You didn't you didn't care about it. Like you weren't paying attention. Mm-hmm. But then once you start getting older, you know you you got a family. You're moving moving forward in life. Yeah. Then 
the messages that they're singing about start to start to actually like you can see yourself in the song I guess is what I'm trying to say so Definitely. it makes you listen to more or listen to a wider variety of people I guess yeah is what I'm saying so that's yeah, really cool piece it's a it's a piece of art just like a painting is is painted to elicit some type of emotional reaction mm-hmm. it's like a song is is in the same same regard and so it's it's awesome just it's so cool to be around people that really feel something that you have have created so i play music you know if somebody comes over and i get to play on my guitar i'll definitely play on one of my songs that i've written and it's really cool to have somebody that like you can just tell that they authentically like and just feel what you were were trying to make them feel but then on the other hand it's it's a little deflating when you play something for somebody and it's like they don't even they're not even there <laughs> goes right over their head exactly it's like you're like they don't get it <laughs> yeah it's like they i feel like people have an issue with being present sometimes we're in uh we're in a day and age where it's like you can't even sit down and listen to me play the guitar for a three minute song without yeah. checking your phone five right. times but but if you were on their phone, there would be no problem in them seeing that. Exactly. Yeah. You got to get on the phones, Gary. Yeah. Um, you got to get your songs right. on the phones, man. I always wondered when we were sitting at Joel's house, uh, we'd have a get-together that we'd be at, and I would already be there before the get-together started, and me and Gary and Will would be in there playing guitar, and then – the get together would start and we'd keep on playing guitar. And I always wondered how many people just got annoyed that we were just still sitting there playing music because <laughs> we were in it and we were, and nobody was going to mess with us doing what we were doing and yeah, dude. because we enjoyed it so much. And I, I enjoyed it so much. I wish I could still do that every day. Yeah. Cause, Cause you get so much better, no so much doubt. better playing when you play every day. I didn't even think about that. We're just sitting there <laughs> in our own little world just playing guitar. you got people coming in and out. They're probably like, what are these fools doing? You know? Yeah, giving, giving handshakes, high fives, and hugs <laughs> over guitars. And All right, see you later. <laughs> yeah. That's funny, dude. It's, it's, a, it's a special bond that you have with, with people that can really understand you musically. Yep. I know, I know we all share um, people that we like to listen to. Um, that we have in common, and uh, and I'll, I mean, we might stray different paths of different people that we like, but there's always like a happy medium where there's music that we all, all three of us, I guess, like in the same. Oh yeah. And then you and always there's music, find there's music ground. that you like probably that you could show me, and and that, that I I could show you that you haven't heard, and it's right. just like it just keeps expanding and, and molding you yep. as a as a musician and as a music listener. Well, I know I I'll send you when I find some really musical video that I just find that's just a little out there, maybe a little bit different, maybe something that somebody hasn't seen. And I'll send it to you on a text message or whatever. Yeah, man. And you showed me you showed me a lot of videos uh, of of people that would have like a high quality camera and and recording of them playing a song like in a studio that's you know got good audio uh, and everything and that that has inspired me to kind of get into creative media and do some things like that. I really think that would elevate my uh, publicity status as right. far as uh, playing and being a musician. Yeah. 
Dude, I do remember you showed us this one video, Drew. It was, I'll never forget it. It, it was this guy on, it was like an international voice, like mm. the voice show. And, uh, the opera singer? Are you talking about the no, opera singer? No, 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 singer? not the opera oh, singer. Right. It was, uh, <laughs> I do remember the opera singer though, but it was, uh, it was this guy and he sang, uh, Redemption song by Bob Marley. Yes, yes. Dude. Was it uh? Was it Voice Jamaica? I can't remember. No, it was like Holland or Ireland oh, or something. Yes, like. I can't yes. remember. I know what you're talking about. But dude, that was one of the most beautiful things I did. I love. I've listened to that at least a, like no kidding, probably fifty to a hundred times. Like I, every once in a while, wow. I'll just be like, dude, I'm gonna want to hear that again. Yeah. I'll type it in on YouTube and go watch it again. That but uh, it, that, he he killed it. He did. Dude. Man, he did good. It's crazy. Oh, man. I remember that. That used to be a run-of-the-mill thing that we would do too. Uh, we would also get into uh, rabbit holes on YouTube together for sure. Oh yeah, because Gary's TV had YouTube on the TV. <laughs> oh man, and we would yeah, just start man. watching videos. Yeah, those were good times. That was a. Uh, it's just, crazy just to look back and yeah, how we've developed and like what we went through together. Dude, it's you don't awesome. even you don't even realize like all the stuff that you've seen that maybe affected you like musically i guess per se until you actually sit sit down and think back about all the things that you've seen and listened to and everything that you've been shown and what you know it's just crazy to think about how much music has went through your head yeah wow oh tons yeah we'd all get in the like the right state of mind and then just cruise through some videos and just see all kinds of things yeah uh, um Things that you know it it take you out of the, what your norm was and and um, I guess really open your mind up to stuff you never seen before. Yeah, it's uh, sure. great. Uh, YouTube, I don't know, I don't know what I'd do without YouTube. Uh, yeah, I don't know where I'd be without by musician status or uh, political wise or how to fix normal things around the house or <laughs> yeah like seriously you can look up anything on youtube you can, man you can go from watching comedians to funny videos to anything like that to learning how to uh i don't know something building in very... a rock wall i, I yeah. watched that recently Dude, i watched one it was a <laughs> it was a guy and he made a he like does cook cooking tutorials but he made the the death sandwich off of regular show with yeah. the meatballs I don't Is know Sam the cooking guy no it was a different guy oh. do you, but do I you watched have... that guy too what did I, I watched some weird one the other day oh no never mind it was today I watched a guy it was just on my recommended videos as a guy hitting drivers in golf and he tested out like a 30 year old driver versus a brand new yes one. oh yes I, I haven't watched a golf video in I don't know six months at least and it just pops up recommended and i was like oh cool i'll watch that yeah it's like they know what i'm trying dude, to see dude, dude. recommended <laughs> it's it's a dangerous thing you yes, can get off you can waste a lot of time going <laughs> oh definitely <sighs> yeah no i could go down all that stuff but. music music is is awesome we we all share that that's the last thing i'm, I'm gonna say about yeah. about music but something that's really mentionable, uh, Drew, you were saying, you know, you got a two-year-old, you're a fairly new parent, and we just had Miss Rooney on here, and she is a fairly new parent as well, and she told us about the challenges from a woman's perspective, 
uh, talk a little bit about your uh, your challenges as a yeah, parent. That'd be cool because she was obviously a mother with a, yeah. a daughter, and then mm. you're a father with a son. Like, yeah, I, I bet that's a lot different. You will never, you can never really understand until you have one of your own. The what it's like. It's uh, it's the most amazing thing. Uh, he is the best part of my life. He is awesome. He does the funniest things. He is uh, he's a filler of everything from when I wake up to when I go to bed. Uh, he he's very smart. He's he just does things every day that just surprises me. You know he. Um, you know, people can tell you. Um, I, I remember my whole life, and y'all can too. Oh, he's uh, walking now, or he or she's walking now, or uh, they're learning how to count or uh, know their colors, or uh, they did this, and this is funny things that they said. And, you know, it's kind of like the thing, like, I like my dogs, but I don't like your dogs kind of yeah. thing. But my kid, it, it just transforms it into that meaning so much more to you uh just the little things that he does um i mean the way that he goes about learning things because it's an experience that you never gotten to see unless you had a younger sibling that you can remember growing up and doing things like that um yeah but he uh i mean i could i could tell you stories of things that he's done like today this is what he did today while my wife was getting ready for work. I have a little table with my Keurig, my coffee cups, my coffee and and the bags and all that stuff. And he has these little excavator toys, you know, that he sees on his YouTube kids videos, scooping up dirt and doing whatever, dump trucks and big trucks. And his biggest deal right now is monster trucks. It's his favorite thing in the world. He's awesome. got, he's got. Hey, I still like monster trucks. Bro. Oh, dude, he's these Hot Wheel monster trucks. He's got fifty of them, no lie. But what he did was, while she's in there doing her makeup, he got my coffee bag, dumped it out, and started playing with all the little excavators, scooping it up like it was dirt in the middle of the floor in the kitchen. <laughs> And oh just doing gosh. that for like an hour straight until my wife walked in there. She's like, what are you doing? Oh, my gosh. And, and the whole house smells like coffee now. <laughs> like Excavate. <she's, laughs> Excavate, baby. And, and like, dump the load in the coffee pot. <laughs> he was, yeah. <laughs> he, she was so mad. But then when she called me when I was about to get off work and told me about it, I couldn't do anything but laugh. Like, you know, you get mad about stuff like that, but it's hilarious. <laughs> I mean, it, I just couldn't stop laughing at that. That's awesome. Because uh, he had like he had like a full bucket still when they left of coffee grounds in the front of his little excavator. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And uh, he uh, he's really talking now, saying a lot of sentences. And uh biggest thing that I get a kick out of is we have dogs in the back and they'll start bar- barking and he'll just yell at the top of his lung hush 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 <laughs> telling the dogs he'll go up there and point at him and tell him to stop <laughs> it's awesome but he he's a filler in my life of all all the things that I laugh about you know me and my wife that's what we spend most of our time um, doing the things that he wants to do and he's really just leading us around the things that he wants and that's how your life changes when you become a 
a father or a mother that your life goes from the things that I want to do and the things that other people want you to do to everything is about them um, whether it's you know feeding them changing diapers that's all small stuff it's just actually being there for them and uh, showing them love and um, just showing them how to do things and teaching them things and that's one of the just like teaching people guitar that's one of the biggest things that I've gotten enjoyment out of is when you teach them something and they learn how to do that and it's it's just the most amazing thing that you taught something to a small child that they never had any idea how to do before and now they can do it and now they do it all the time and it's and that's what I'm beginning to figure out as a father that if you just keep teaching and opening them up to things and showing them how to do things that they will get to that point where they can do things on the on their own because yeah. the, the smaller stuff that when the, when he was younger well, I mean when I see he's two but when he was like one the things that he did at one that he does now I mean it's like nothing to him and he's just progressing further and further along and it's it blows my mind the things that he does yeah and I bet it's I bet it part of that feeling that really good feeling that you're talking about is just how much value you can see that he takes in in what you do right just how that look that he's like really watching what you're doing definitely definitely and uh and so talk talk about that because i mean like that that's awesome but at the same time like i mean i don't have a kid now that would to me that would feel like i've got like a pressure on me you know i'm, uh, I'm modeling for this kid that's uh one thing that i worry about um uh, you know you always think about when you're younger and you're still in your parents' house, you critique the ways that your parents do stuff, and you're like, I'm going to do it different, and uh, I'm going to do it this way, and this is how I'm going to be. I'm not going to make them do that, or I'm not going to let them do this. And really, you don't know how you're going to treat that situation until you're in it. Um, I mean... You just gotta, you just gotta think, and I, anybody can be better at what they do. I'm sure I can be better, and that's one thing that I think that I'm learning: better ways to teach him how to uh, do things, and better ways to be, and not get so angry when things go wrong. Like this morning with that, my wife was mad, but when she looked back on it, she wasn't. You know, it's just a funny thing. But I wanna, I wanna raise him to be respectful and know when enough's enough or when too much is too much and you know I've indulged in my life in certain things and I want him to make mistakes and learn from them and uh, and I hope that I can just set him on a path that that he can get to where he understands what to do and what not to do in every aspect of life, I mean, in different stages of your life. And I, just, I don't know how I'm going to do that, but I just hope that I can get him to that point yeah. where he knows what to do. That's awesome, man. Yeah. That's a good thing, man. It's like every, not even kids, but just any individual, 
you gotta you gotta go through the ringer sometimes like you gotta mm. screw up and you gotta have repercussions for your actions just to to learn man yeah like mistakes are the are the biggest learning tool to me yeah. especially in my life like i mean i haven't made any terrible mistakes and i'm sure y'all you i mean y'all haven't made any terrible mistakes either mm. you've made mistakes everybody has but um you know it's just a good way to learn and yeah. you want to you always want I assume you you obviously want what's best for your son, mm. but you still want him to learn. You want him to experience you right. know, what it's like. So well, The best thing that you can do that I've learned is once you do something, that you, I mean, that's, you understand that's not the path to go down. And being able to realize and, and visualize where that path is going to lead you and then go the other way. Yeah. And the fire's not hot until you touch it type right. thing. You don't understand on a visceral level mm. like the the repercussions of something until you actually do it right yeah and i and i want him to be open-minded i want him to have boundaries also though and you know there's a balance know. yes being being rigid yes. but <clears throat> being rigid with your standards but also you know being flexible and because i mean part of you know just survival and and uh, natural selection is not necessarily the best genetics but mm. being the most adaptable right so being flexible but also having those standards it's like i got to do this to take care of my business definitely and uh it's, and the the biggest thing is, is not what you know it's uh, what you can learn i guess and uh you just open your mind up to learning everything that you can Learning how to do anything, even if you know, just learn a little bit of something that'll help you along the way with other things. Even if it's just to have a conversation with somebody that, I mean, that's what I want to instill into him. That if you learn about a lot of things and you uh, encounter people in your life, that you'll have something to talk about with them. And then you can learn more from them if they know more than you do. And I wish I would have, you know, you always want to, I guess, you know, travel and see different things and people and you want to know things. And that's what I want him to be able to do is just go around and get as much exposure to things that he can. Experience. Yeah. Experience is king. I never thought about that before. It's like learn a little bit about something. And then you never know. You might be talking to somebody and they'll know more than you and then you'll learn some more. Yeah. And then eventually you'll come across somebody that still knows more than you and then you'll learn a little more. Right. That's interesting. I never thought about it like that before. Yeah. That's cool. That's a nugget. I'll put that in my pocket. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So you enjoy enjoy being a parent? Enjoy being a father? I enjoy it every day. There's hard times. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of hard times. Well, you're going to get frustrated. I mean, and it's nice to have a balanced household where you got similar ideas of what you, as a parent, want to do with with your significant other. That you want them to have certain certain, certain things in life. And... Uh, yeah, it's like, you know, like, I feel like you're saying having your expectations of your kid on the same page as right. your spouse. Right. Yeah. You know, you know, and I'm, I'm stubborn. 
I like doing things the way that I do it, and I can talk all day and BS, but I know there's, which my wife, she's a lot smarter than me about things, so I have to draw it back sometimes. And the give and take between each other in a relationship without a kid is the biggest is the biggest thing is when to say, okay, you're right, or okay, I'm wrong. But also not to be the one to cave too quick and to just say that, all right, I'm wrong. But when you know that you should press a little bit more. And that's, and then that involves into what you need to do with the kid, which, uh, what path they need to take, what path you need to set them on. And then hopefully that matches up with what your significant other wants to do yeah. also. Well, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. We got a we got a perspective of a, of a daughter and a mother and a father and a son. Yeah, they were kind of similar. They're a little. They were. I don't know. I, I, I feel to, like you're a, you're a, again. I feel like you're different. You're a different type of role model figure as a father and a mother. Yeah, um, definitely. A father is mm. the the secure provider that shows you shows a a girl if he's raising a girl how a woman should be treated. Right. And, and to show a uh, boy how to treat a woman and not only that but how to be a man yeah whereas the daughter would kind of look to the to the mother on how, yeah. to, how to that's become true. a woman yeah that's true well I don't say that because I, I guess I find that that should just be a common sense thing on how to treat women yeah or how to treat men or whoever it is to treat them with respect first and then find out who they are and then decide whether you like them or not. Yeah. Because a lot of people think these days it's not okay, it's not okay to not like somebody because of who they are. But I think it's that's completely wrong. You respect them first, and then they do something to offend you, and really and they don't really, reciprocate yeah, accordingly. Yeah, really, really affect you, and not be so sensitive. Then you decide that you don't like them. Yeah. You don't have to like everybody. But it's nice to find something about somebody that you like a, a little bit. People get people get being kind and nice confused because you don't have to like everybody. You right. can be kind to everybody to a certain extent. I mean, if you don't like somebody, you're not mm. going to go up and punch that person. You're going to be respectful right. of their boundaries, and you're going to not not enter their bubble. Mm. Whereas if you like somebody, you're gonna and you're gonna include them. So yeah, you know, it's just. Uh, it's just how how it goes. Yeah, people should people should take that more in account because you can, any, any uh, like the, on the news, it shows you that these people are offending or affecting the people that are around you. But then you go into their, I guess, territory or into a situation that that person that you think is affecting your way of life. There's. There's no reason that you should just instantly go ahead and decide that you do not like that person. I mean, what they put out there is not the mass of what people think. I just wish people yeah. would be a little bit nicer to everybody else and just figure out whether you like them or don't like them first by talking to people. Yeah, and that's that is the issue with social media is you get this you get this idea mm -hmm. of somebody from what they put on there and that's like less than one percent of their right. life right. by far like there's so much yeah. more of them yeah yeah and it's hard on social media because you like 
I, I got super deep into my speech class this year. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and dude, like, just the way somebody says something, you could say the same sentence and say it in a different way, and it means two totally different things. Like, yep. it, it, it's real hard to judge somebody by a social media post because you can't really tell, like, the emotion that they're putting into yeah. it. I mean, you can sometimes, obviously. Right. But, you know, you, you're not talking to them. I'm not looking at you. I can't. Yeah. You know, like you were yeah. saying, you can't make a decision based right. on just words. Yeah. If you you don't even hear them, you're just reading them. So, even even with people that uh, post uh, videos or do vlogs or anything like that, that it just put themselves out there. I mean, really, you can't get around down to the real person. Like, I mean, that's a small sample size. I mean, some people see people and they'll say something they don't like and they'll immediately turn it off or not want to hear from that person or talk bad about that person. Well, they don't give them enough chance to really get what that person's about. And, uh, like, uh, somebody I listen to and watch a lot is Joe Rogan. And there's a lot of things that I listen to about him that I don't agree with. But then there's a lot of things that I do. And, uh, it's, and I love Joe Rogan. He's awesome. But there are still things that I don't agree with him. But that doesn't mean I don't like him. I mean... People, yeah. people should just be be okay with having yeah. different ideas. Yeah. You know, I mean, you just got to have that base dialogue between each other that you can be just a person to. Yeah, it's like, it's like the difference between like understanding that you have different ideas and judging that you have different ideas. Right. And we've talked about this before, Will. I think it is so stupid when people judge an artist particularly like a musician because I'm, I'm a musician that's what rings with me they're like oh I don't listen to his music because of his political views or the way he feels about this <laughs> like seriously like I've had people say I don't like this actor because of his political views yeah. well, him acting in this movie has nothing to do with his political views it's uh, like just because you don't like his ideas doesn't mean you should like keep yourself from good art and be judgmental and hateful about it yeah and that's what gets me sometimes people the uh, people will love an actor or a musician or anybody which there's a lot of people out there these days that are coming out with crazy views that you liked them before and you love what they did and now that you know this about them that you just can't stand to watch them or don't want to have anything to do with it well that's no way to be you yeah. can't be like that Exactly. I mean, you're just going to be a negative Nancy or be sour your whole life or not be able to enjoy stuff because people have the certain yeah. view. Yeah. It's weird, too, because sometimes you you see all these, all these bad things or ideas that you don't agree with that people either, they either do something wrong or they say something that you don't agree with. And you forget that, you know, they're just a human, too. Right. You know, we're all just... We're all just very insignificant, small humans. Like, everybody's going to mess up sometimes. Right. And not even with, like, big-time actors or musicians. Like, even if you see something on social media, like, you know, somebody could have said something that, you know, they didn't think about or they, you know, they had a better way to put it, but they just might have screwed up. They might have said something that, you know, they didn't really mean. And it's just hard to judge somebody by, you know, one mistake even when you don't even know them, you know yeah. what I mean? And you so. also got to think that they're influenced by the day and the time also, the social media and all the stuff that's on the news and things that they see in everyday life. They might be misconstrued for, by what the real thing is. 
you're not the only person that that has these views on things and see things the way that they are. They're seeing things in a different, completely different way, and they're just maybe their views messed up also. Yeah. yeah. To 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 just entertain perspective and not necessarily hold on to a different perspective, but just to entertain it and to broaden your understanding of the human perspective as a whole, I think is, is just a good thing. So yeah. talking to different people, traveling, like you were talking mm-hmm. about traveling, is a really good way to do that because just go to different geographical locations, the culture is mm-hmm. different, man. The way, right. thing, the way people do things is different. And I was lucky as a youngin' to get to travel with my parents a lot to different places like up I went to Alaska and Hawaii and over in the uh, you know northeast went up there went down to the Gulf and over on the east coast and just seeing all of these different cultural norms of the way people did things being exposed to that at an early age uh, is is so beneficial and just your perspective on life and the understanding of people around you. Definitely, man. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. For sure, dude. Well, we got deep there for a second. Yeah. yeah. I'm digging it, though. <laughs> hey, that's what happens, man. You, that's what we do on here, baby. We just get a top and it, you got the good conversation going, a little casual conversation. You just keep on sliding Loosen. down the hill. Yeah. <laughs> The casualness loosens you up. And the you casualness, hey. loosey goosey, baby. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm I'm buttered because I'm on a roll, dude. Yeah, <laughs> hot butter. You're just sliding right off the top of the biscuit. Oh man, that's a good visual. Well, good. that <laughs> that that should be. I, I like the mountains or the road you got there, but it should be a biscuit with butter rolling off. Of it. Yeah. <laughs> Casual conversation, well, Drew. What we like to do um, when we get towards the end of the podcast is to ask our guest what you would say to the audience if they were to never hear from you again. What would you want somebody to, to hear from you if you had one thing that you could tell them? Hmm. Take your time. No big deal. Everybody, everybody, gets everybody pauses when yeah, we say that. Rooney, Except Rooney. Yeah, Rooney just answered it. Like we didn't even ask her. She was like, "If there's just one thing that I could leave people with, it'd be this." I'm like, "What the heck?" Well, Come out of nowhere, that, that's kind of lame. Didn't Rooney, she feel awkward. She's a very decided person, and she she's very smart. Um, she's an she's an awesome lady, yeah. no doubt. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I had her uh, get off on the conversation what we were just talking about what you're saying. But when she started at Southside, we were her first FCCLA group, and I got to know her a lot, and uh, and she was awesome. She's great. Yeah, she uh, she's definitely on the the cutting edge of like trying to make education funner because learning should be fun. Yeah, and and the educational system in America has kind of just made it pretty boring. Yep. So she's she's kind of on the front front end of of the movement awesome uh, awesome person but yeah, anyways yeah. back to the question back what would the question. you what would you leave somebody with if they never heard from you again man it doesn't have to be super deep yeah uh, it could just well, be something practical Drew's a deep person he, he wants it to be deep yeah I know yeah Dude, I feel like if somebody, asked, if somebody asked me that I'd want to give him like 
the greatest nugget that they've ever heard, you know. Right. But yeah. I'd probably say something stupid. I'm change somebody's no life here in the next ten stupid. or fifteen seconds. <laughs> Dude, you could though. <laughs> well, I'd say. I mean, there's a lot of things you can do to make yourself happy, and there's a lot of things you can do to better yourself in life. I mean, I guess the thing that I would tell you to do or that I would want you to know is to listen to more music, um, have more good days and bad days, and... uh let the things that are bothering you, let them go. Uh, don't hold on to things that are weighing you down. And if you can, figure out what in your life is a negative. Either turn it into a positive or get rid of it. Just get rid of it. And uh, and if it's not something that betters your life, you know that's something that you need. But... Do what one thing that I heard one time was you're not born into this life promised happiness. No one's ever promised that you are going to be happy in your life. You make happiness for yourself. So you do the things that make you happy and don't let other people tell you that you can't do those things. Within reason make yourself happy <laughs> yeah i'm down with that cool cool dude i gotta get like a compiled list of everything that uh people say yeah that'd, that'd be, be cool. that'd be a cool now, like write it down that'd be yeah. legit that would be cool because we've had some interesting we've had some interesting uh responses to that no uh before we go and give our social medias uh i actually talked to your mom a while ago drew yeah uh, yeah, there's apparently she knows like the director of these different departments up at the hospital I'm going to school at. And oh yeah, because I got a lot of family up there. Yeah, and so uh, she was like telling me that if I needed to get a job or whatever, that she would you know help me yeah. get a job or whatever. So. Yeah, that's that's legit. I know. I was like, that's cool. Getting connections already up in Springfield. That's not uh, about what you know. It's about who you know. That's right. That's what they say. <laughs> But anyways, uh, thank you so much, Drew, for coming on the podcast. Like we have been looking forward to having you yeah, on here dude, for a for while. Sure. I've been looking forward to it too, dude. That was a cool hour and a half. Yeah, it, it seemed not even kidding. It seemed like thirty minutes. Yeah, no lie. That. If I was uh, drinking, I could have done it for probably about four or five hours. <laughs> <laughs> then you get into real juicy conversations. Yeah. And then people wonder, like, what's wrong with this person? <laughs> yeah, people people don't realize the the power of a good conversation. And yeah. going back to people just being on their phones and having all these distractions around them all the time, it's like conversation is not a normal thing anymore where it has been for a long time to right. just sit and conversate. So I love that, I say this all the time, but I love that me and Will have this thing where we can bring in interesting people and our friends and just people with different perspectives. Like Will wants to bring on his oral communications teacher, Mr. Mr. Herman. Do you remember Mr. Herman, Drew? From UACCM? Yes. Yes, I remember him. (laughs) He didn't like him either. See, I didn't didn't like Mr. Herman either, but I agree that... I didn't like Mr. Herman either. I had him this... 
this semester as a teacher. Yeah. Dude. Uh, uh, here, I'm not going to change no. Drew's mind. Listen, I, I just got to say this, though. I was going to say this the other day, but I forgot. Mr. Herman didn't do anything differently. He taught me more about myself this year than he's taught me about uh, the curriculum. Because I took him three or four years ago, I can't remember, and he was the exact same dude. I'm talking right. exactly the same. His personality was the same. His teaching style was the same. His grading was the same. We we took tests. The tests were the same. Um, we had to give a speech. The way he taught was the same. And I hated him. I was like, dude, this guy is so dumb. This class is so dumb. And I failed. We I didn't do my work. I didn't study. I didn't do anything. And I took him back this year, and I was like, dude, I, I, I still had that little bug in the back of my head. I was like, dude. I don't want to take this guy. This class is going to suck really bad. But I was like, just, I, I just, before class started, I was like, okay, just clear your head. Just act like you've never met him before. And he started teaching. Um, the way he was interacting with students, you could tell he cared about what he was doing. And I was like, as the time started passing on, you know, I, I was like, oh, I got to be in the class. And then like, I have an A in his class. And I like, I passed all my tests, did my speech, did really good on it. And I was like, I was like, it wasn't his fault before. It was my fault. Like, I was the one that was making the situation the way it was. It wasn't him. It was me. Uh, and it's like, you have to take accountability for what's going on. And he taught me just, I mean, this is crazy. He, he taught me to don't change who you are for someone else. Like, take a look at yourself and realize what you are and what's going on and how you affect a situation. Don't don't think that because the situation's bad, it's somebody else's fault. Like you take accountability right. and responsibility for your own situation. You know what I'm saying? And I, that was just like a real powerful moment to me when I finally realized that. I was like, this guy is an excellent teacher, and he really cares about his job. And I was just making it, you know, like I was making it bad for myself. Right. So I guess I you're know. probably right because I went in the mindset college doing this same thing but uh, dude like if you guys met him now you're 26 drew yeah you're i mean we've grown so much we've grown he's grown yeah it's like it 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 was like a whole different person like a whole different relationship and i could like talk to him we could (laughs) bounce out you know what i mean yeah it was crazy it was but kind of going back to to what we were talking about it's just cool that we have the opportunity to potentially talk to people like mr herman or you or your brother and Paxton and Miss Rooney and like all these people that we can bring in. Um, we've got, you know, Gilbert Lewis uh, going to come yeah, on the yeah, podcast at some point. We've got a guy from, from Dress. <laughs> what up, dog? <laughs> no. Man. He's, he's going to give us a history lesson, bro. We're going we're gonna to get off on like some Western civilization type stuff. <laughs> No, we got a a guy from Drasco that that is in a band, and they're coming out with an album. We're gonna have him on. He has a podcast right on. too. Uh, so it's just thanks for coming on and entertaining right. us and entertaining our audience. That I think they're they're really gonna enjoy this episode. Yeah. There was a lot of good stuff. Yeah, I'm glad yeah. we just got to see you, man. I'll, I just enjoy seeing our buds. You know. Yep. No doubt. It's a good time. No doubt. See this weekend too. Oh yeah. 
oh, yeah. see this weekend. Yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna be fly, I'm gonna be fly fishing. I'm gonna bring two kayaks too, so we can kind of switch out and just kind of go and nice. go out and you know fish the banks and just go. Have a good old time. Dude, we are. We're gonna have a really good time. Always do. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, that's well, all I got, man. Yeah. Anyways, you can find me on Instagram at Gary the Great ninety six and on Snapchat at Gary G A I R Y. And you can find me on Instagram at Will underscore Pennington zero zero and on Twitter at the Scavenger twenty three. You can find us on Instagram at Casual Conversation Podcast. And we are on YouTube. Casual Conversation Podcast is the channel. And I'll just throw this out there for anybody. You're obviously listening somewhere, so we are on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. And there's, I, I got to look into some other ones. I don't, I think there's more that you can be on. More platforms. Yeah. But well, anyway, Drew, you got any social media you want to throw out? Yeah. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Painus four. <laughs> That's um, P A Y N I S four. Uh, Where does that nickname come from? <laughs> all of them, and you will not find me on Facebook. That thing is horrible. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But uh, that nickname came from ninth grade baseball from a guy named Devin Shillings and um, Taylor Nelson. Um, it's debatable on which one came up with the name, and you could ask him right now. They still have a fight about it. But uh, I'm not sure where it came from. It just it's kind of how nicknames happen. They just kind of yeah, happen. I would have never thought that people would call me Gary. Like, people just started calling me Gary out of nowhere. You're not Garrett anymore. I no, know. No, you're not. I know. It's casual <laughs> conversation with Will and Gary. Yeah, dude. Who did call you Gary? Logan. Log? I think, no, I think Logan will you, yeah. Yeah. Log. Is that right? Yeah, he started calling me that, and then everybody started calling me Gary. It's like Harry Gary, Scary Gary, Fairy Gary. You <laughs> <laughs> You know, I wish I had a cool nickname. I don't even have a nickname. Will. P. Huh? Well, yeah, I you're, guess. You're stealing my phone from probably ninth grade, eighth grade is Willie P. Willie P. I don't think you've had Will a different he number. Will or will he not? Will he P. <laughs> Duh. Well, dude, thanks for coming on, man. I had a great time. I appreciate it. It was a good time. Glad you got to come on. And uh, I really enjoyed it. So, with that being said... Gary out. Oh, later.